Hello and welcome to episode number 23 of the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Hello again, and welcome to the Stouting Off podcast. I am your host, now and forevermore, in holy matrimony, Drew Stoutenberg, and I am joined live in studio, as always, by my producer, Jordan David McMillian. How are you, buddy? Doing great. Thank you. Um, you like my new hoodie? I do. It's nice. Well, I knew he, I knew he liked it already because he complimented me on it when he came <laughs> in, but I just wanted to bring it up again. You know, like when you... When you <laughs> when you get somebody to repeat back like a compliment. So what did you say about my hoodie earlier? <laughs> what did you like about it specifically? Um, I bought this from an Instagram ad. Instagram ads get me. I succumb to the temptation. Like those algorithms know me. Yeah. They've got me pegged. Um, man, sometimes, sometimes I have thought about something and it comes up. It's not like... Oh, it overheard me talking to somebody like my phone overheard me talking to somebody about a product or a place or whatever. I was just thinking about it and here it is in my ads. It's really wild. Um, and then also it, it tracks you geographically too. So I drove by a Krispy Kreme today on the way to Chipotle and thank goodness I was able to deny myself Krispy Kreme because that's honestly Krispy Kreme is the best donut out there as far as I'm concerned. Um, but when I got home, was poking through Instagram and then Instagram ad for Krispy Kreme right here. So it like knows where you go to. Yeah. But I swear, sometimes it just knows what you think. But anyway, all that to say, um, I bought this hoodie. It's fleece. It's very soft. It feels like a blanket. Um, it feels like the softest blanket you own with like a hint of the softest towel you own too. <laughs> Polyester cotton blend. I don't know what else you want me to say on that, but it's made in China. And normally these things... Like when you order something from China, uh, say on Amazon or anywhere on the internet, it takes a long time to get here. Got it in a week. But anyway, I was looking at the tag. <laughs> I was looking at the tag. It's got a tag on the sleeve. And here's what it says. We are strive for perfection. Is very rewarding work. Uncountable, rare, and precious goods. You are rare. <laughs> we are stride for perfection and then it says is very re rewarding work but very rewarding is one word and it also is spelled v-e-r-y-r-w-a-r-d-i-n-g um so anyway it wasn't i believe it was from china but i always get a kick out of things that are translated into english and don't really work so i um when i was in japan a few years ago i took a couple f pictures that still just tickle me when i go back to it and jordan can put this up on the um on the video if you're watching the video so there was there was this steakhouse in tokyo ikanadi steak and the like the tagline under it is in english on the sign this is the very steak the big cut of steak <laughs> i wrote under it on the picture which was in snapchat at the time amen this is the very steak and then there was another another sign this is one that our buddy elliot took on his photo it was on the side of like a 
a cube van, like a work van. And the company was called Dream Express. Or, yeah, Dream Express. And the tagline on it is, it is transporting a dream to the tomorrow's future. <laughs> I want that on a tattoo on my chest, chest piece. It is transporting a dream to the tomorrow's future. What else do I need to say? What else do I need to say? Um, but anyway. I get it. It speaks to me. I want that. In, yeah. Like I said, I want that tattooed on my body. I want that framed on a letterboard in my house. I want it in a fortune cookie. I want it everywhere. That want... needs to be one of those like motiva- motivational posters hanging <laughs> yeah. in an office. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dream big. It is trans. Yeah, that's what it says on the top and then on the bottom. It is transporting a dream to the tomorrow's future. It's like a picture <laughs> of an astronaut or something. <laughs> um, that's good. Been watching a lot of TV with subtitles lately. Do you guys watch subtitles? Watch with subtitles? Yes. I... Always, almost always do, but I for sure do it if I'm eating because crunch and I can't hear the volume because I don't like to crank the volume up to like even 30%. I like to keep it low. I keep it 20 to 25%. But um, it just helps. And at first I thought when people would watch with subtitles, I'm like, it almost seems snobby, you know? Like I'm just so literate that I love to read everything. <laughs> <laughs> I love to read and yeah. There's something that kind of seemed snobby to me about it for some reason, but now that I've started to do it, I love it. I never miss a word. Yeah, you, you. The reason that I do it is because you do it, and I don't want to miss a word. Yeah, well, that's because we would have bachelor nights. Yeah, and you come over. Can you? Hey, can you pop a CC on? Yeah. So then we're not like, wait, what did they just say? Right. Because we could still be talking while like catching glances of the TV and yeah, yeah trying. It actually helps in that setting. It really, really helps. I probably wouldn't like subtitles for like sports or most live TV. But when it comes to, um, I talked about how I watched the Queen's Gambit on Netflix. I loved having that on there because I don't know. I'm not very good sometimes at discerning what people are saying. Yeah. In songs too. There's a, there's a thing though, because if you're watching something that's pre-recorded, then the captions are going to be really, really clicky with the Spot with the voices. On. If you're watching something live, it's it's like there's typos three to four there. seconds behind. Yeah, and there's typos and yeah, yeah. all kinds of things. Um, man, did did you like this stuff earlier when I gave you a pour of it? Yeah, I did. It was good. So right now, you guys, I have um, Casamigos tequila, and I just have a little I don't know one and a half ounce pour of it or so. For those of you who don't know, Casamigos is George Clooney's tequila company. It says it right on here. What's what's their annual revenue? Casamigos, C A S A Amigos, <laughs> or C A S Amigos? Let's see here. It's in the billions, I think. He's made seventy million. Really? So it says. Hmm. <laughs> it's in the it's in the freaking. Billions, dude. You can't even begin to fathom. Oh, not even one ten percent. This <laughs> fraction of a billion. This says generated some seventy million in two thousand sixteen. Okay, so it's four years ago. Maybe it's more. Well, I was very wrong, but there's a figure out there that um, says that George Clooney has made more from tequila than he has from his acting career, which I find interesting. This says here, George Clooney's tequila company, Casamigos, is sold for $1 billion. That's what it was. Okay. Usually your 
usually you're sold for one and a half times your annual revenue. One and a half? That year. So going to have to consult with Chris Scagnetti on that. Chris Scagnetti works for this company and they're a cons- like a financial consulting company. This friend Chris of ours, Detroit guy. And his job is to go into a company that another company might want to buy. And he does diligence. That's what his job. No kidding. Yeah. Tells them if it's like going to be a risk or reward kind of thing. Yeah. Well, basically like they just it? like bust open their books and they're like, they, they put together a report of that company's financial situation and then they provide it to their client. So their client, if, if I want to buy this company and you're Chris, I will hire you and say, Hey, will you go check out everything about this company? Report back to us if it's a good idea or not. Wow. But they don't make recommendations. They just provide facts, and then you can make the recommendation. Or yeah, you can. Their client can decide for themselves. But anyway, that's cool. Smart financial people always love, love them. Yeah, that's sweet. Love the type. Anyway, this tequila though, it's their reposado, which I believe means aged in I don't know some barrel of some kind. It's the closest to bourbon. So if you're a bourbon drinker who is interested in tequila, reposado is a type of tequila that is well suited for us. This is my favorite kind. What's it say? <laughs> you knew I was looking it up. <laughs> yeah, you, you nodded. Um, type of tequila that has been aged in oak for a period of two to 12 months. And we love to hear that. Um, bourbon is also aged in oak. New oak barrels that are charred. But this is so good. I think it's a 50 or $60 bottle. Tastes like marshmallow, vanilla. Yeah, it's really good. Sweet. It's really good. Doesn't taste like crappy crappy tequila that you might put in you know a, co- a margarita or something it's really nice it sips quite nicely anyway um had a friend text me the other day what do you do when somebody knocks on the restroom door that you're in in public if you're in a restroom and somebody knocks on the door say it's a single use what do you say do you say anything one sec is that what you say yeah <laughs> Because there are a couple things that are considered like conventional, like occupied, someone's in here. Uh, (laughs) Occupied. Yeah. (laughs) Occupado. um, (laughs) Occupati. Get it? Because it is a pun. Um, I'm a comedian now. You say say one sec? I I like that. say one sec. I also lock the door, so I'm not even on the hook to say anything. Okay, you can knock and try all you want to get in. It's locked. Yeah, true. What about when the stall door has too big of a gap and you can like see, you can make eye contact with people when they walk by that stinks. Um, the stalls at my church, we just got a new building, you know, there's no gap. It's seamless. Wow. And the walls are like tall. They're like eight feet tall and they go down to the floor too. They knew what they were doing with that. That's my kind of situation. If I need to go to the bathroom in public in that type of setting where I need to enter a stall, I don't want the gaps in the doors and short walls where people of normal height can just peek over accidentally. Right. See the top of your head. When I'm in there, I'm looking around like this. Seeing people's hair walk by. Please don't look (laughs) up. Please don't look down here either. I feel like that was like a thing in high school. Like you'd just be humiliated if you were in there or something like that. Oh, yeah. Somebody you're, would just hop over and just throw paper towel at you or something. You're a sitting duck. Like, <laughs> what are you doing? You're a big duck. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say it. Get your mind out of the gutter, you guys. Um, <laughs> what if that became the phrase? 
<laughs> That's actually really funny. And I was a total ing duck. Um, <laughs> what about when when toddlers have their own Instagram accounts that their parents make for them, and then ridiculous they, they write captions? Don't do it. Hey, man, listen. If you're asking me whether you should or should not put together an Instagram account for your toddler, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's as simple as that. People do that for their dogs a lot too. Have you have you noticed that? A lot of dog yeah, accounts actually follow. I have seen that, a lot yeah. of dog accounts, oddly enough, follow the Stouting Off um, Instagram account. <laughs> I don't know why. I think one night I was going through and like liking some photos that were from a hashtag in one of our older posts. And that happened to be a lot of, when was it? National Dog Day. That's when it was. We put National Dog Day as a hashtag in one of the captions on like one of our posts because it was announcing, hey, this is episode and here's what's covered in it. And I was going through and just liking some photos. And then we got a bunch of followers from dog fanatics or from dogs, actually. <laughs> from dog Instagram accounts. Yeah, true. There's a dog Instagram account that's so interesting and it's, uh, it's, it's, the dog is called Bunny. The dog's name is Bunny and it's a golden doodle, I think. And they're trying to teach this dog to basically communicate with words. They have this letter board or this word board spread out. And all of the words are like, mom, upstairs, outside, treat, tomorrow. There are like probably 50 words on this word board. And uh, what's the, can you tell me the handle? It's what underscore about underscore bunny. What, what about Bob? What, what about bunny? <laughs> <laughs> what about Bob? What about Bob? And it's all just about this dog. That they're trying to get to recite lines from the movie. What about Bob? <laughs> Teaching words. What underscore about underscore bunny. And they have videos of them talking with the dog. And the dog will like answer back with like walk now crazy dad upstairs it's really wild just by like pawing at um the board the automated like letter or word board press a, a button that corresponds to a word food donuts that would be mine what would mine be donuts bourbon drums podcast jordan doing great thank you <laughs> netflix <laughs> netflix um Jim. Jim. And my boss, Jim. Jim. <laughs> Jim. Jim. <laughs> one is the YMCA and one is my boss. But this. <laughs> and as a dog, I somehow have to know the difference between them. Jim. Jim. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's special. Um. You remember in science class, like you'd have the um, the uh, periodic table of elements. Of course. And you would just click them. Seaborgium. And it was that guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Wait, Gold. Wait, wait, you had, was this like interactive, like with your textbook, like a CD-ROM? No, came it was with like it in the computer lab. Like the science class would go to the computer lab and oh. you'd be on the, you know, like a PC learning or whatever it is. And yeah. You'd just click through the... Rutherfordium. <laughs> Silver. Silver. Magnesium. 
<laughs> I lived by, lived and died by the, the periodic table in college. Um, do I remember anything about it? No. Yeah, I do. I remember some things. Nitrogen has an atomic mass of 14. Maybe it doesn't. Can you type that in? Atomic mass of nitrogen might be 15. Um, while he does that, um, oh, we have friends in a band called Hotel Apache. What is it, George? 14. 14. Um, <laughs> yes, I remembered that. We have friends in a band called Hotel Apache and they're not, they didn't ask me to plug this. In fact, I only know one of them and I only know him over Instagram and, um, email and stuff because he's their drummer and he's sick and they make amazing music. But if you're looking for new music and you like good, like kind of pop music, alternative pop. Hotel Apache is the band that you have to check out right now. They're what I'm listening to all the time. Um, and they just came out with a song called If Heaven Was a Sound. And my voice might be buried somewhere in the vocal stack in the background of the outro. Yes, that's possible. It's possible that my voice is in there on the recording. And will I get a Grammy for it? I hope. But no, you can't actually really hear it. And to be honest with you, I'm not sure if it's in there or not. But I did send a couple of recordings to my buddy Jared in the band because they were looking for like choir voices. But Hotel Apache, If Heaven Was a Sound, is their newest song. But literally every one of their songs is awesome. They're from Fresno, California. And when touring starts again, by golly, they better be touring about because they, they're amazing. And they'll probably get really big. Yeah, they're great. You heard it here first. Actually, on my personal Instagram as well, I have a couple videos of me playing drums to their songs because I just, because I'm a wannabe. I'm a tryhard. But their songs are awesome. Yeah, they're sick. Mm. What was your first car? Was it the Cherokee? Yep. That you couldn't, that the, um, didn't the passenger door not work? Or something like this? Um, Wasn't that one of your the cars? The outside handle was a little iffy sometimes. That's right. The notable thing about that car is after you got going past 50, the, the wheels would shake. And that's always something you like. Yeah. <laughs> the wheels would shake? Yeah. Like, Was it a... Um, what was the issue? Not sure. Was Steve sure? He was always thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> Steve is Jordan uh, Jordan's dad. He's, he's very much a problem solver. So it wouldn't surprise me to know that he was just always thinking about it. Yeah. <laughs> he bought that car for me too. Really? From Nolan Rossi. Oh, cool. 800 bucks. Nolan Rossi is a Nash. <laughs> is he a Nashville guy? Is he lives yeah, here? Yeah, he lives here. here? Yeah. Inglewood. Oh, truly? Yeah. That's dumb that we have, that I've never met up with him. Have you? I've seen him at the, uh, the playground with cool. his kids. Awesome. <laughs> I was with mine. That's cute. Yeah, he's sweet. That's cute. Um, my first car was a 96 Buick Century. Do you remember that car? Green. Blue green. Yeah, blue green, sure. It, it was more blue than it was green, though. But in certain lights, yeah, I know why you say that. Because it had like green characteristics. It was kind of like this bluish green. Um, it was a grandma special. It was my grandma's car. Got it with only 40,000 miles on it. And by the time I got it, it was already 10 years old. So it was kept in perfect condition in a garage for all 10 years. Only had 40,000 miles on it, which is less than some people put on their cars in a year. I mean, somebody who drives a lot, but... By the time I got it, it was kind of like already like an old, out-of-date car, but it was perfectly, immaculately kept. Not a spot of rust on it. Wheels had white wall treatment on them. Um, it was 
96, not a lot of cars had keyless entry yet. Mine did in 2006 when I got it. 2004. So I guess it was eight years old. But I had keyless entry. It was so great. I'd be curious to know, what was your first car, listener? We'll probably post this on Instagram because I think this is interesting. I like seeing people's first car. One time I posted this on my personal Instagram story and so many people like were stoked to talk about their first car. Yeah. I want to see that. Um, so we'll probably post this little clip on Instagram on Margatsny, which is Instagram backwards. When it comes to Amazon, we were talking about this um, last night, Jordan, with Monica. I found this interesting. Monica asked, Drew, I think a good topic for the show would be, well, the, I guess this isn't an ask. She said, I think a good topic for the show would be discussing what types of Amazon shoppers that you or Jordan or other people are. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, well, I'm the type of shopper, for example, who will just like kind of pick and shop around and just put everything in a cart. And then when it reaches like kind of like a certain dollar value, the cart, then I'll check out. I was like, huh? Obviously, the the right way to shop on Amazon is you want something, you click buy now, and it shows up. I even do that if I'm buying more than one thing in a like in a session. Yeah. Today I bought a shampoo and a conditioner. <laughs> bought them separately. Needs buy based. now, buy now. Needs based on demand. Bing, bing, bing. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. B three. Vitamin B three. Is that how you work as well? Yeah. I wonder if there are other people out there who shop in that way that Monica was talking about. I guess we'll find out. Please let us know when and if you hear this. <laughs> Amazon shopper other than the style of Jordan and I. Um, and then she also asked, like, what would be if I was, she's like, Drew, if you were sharing a bank account with somebody, your spouse, what would be like a dollar value for which you would want her to just be like, hey, this is cool, right? Or vice versa. You know, like at what dollar value do you need spousal consent slash approval? She said that was a question that you guys experienced or were asked in premarital counseling. Yeah, it was. That's so interesting. Money's a big thing about marriage, man. Well, no doubt. No doubt. But that specific question is interesting. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I don't know, man. I mean, it depends on our budget and stuff and, you know, our income, incomes, whatever. Yeah. But I would say probably like 50 bucks. But then again, I hope not 50 bucks a day. I don't. I don't like that, <laughs> but right. if it's like every once in a while, once a week, sure, you know, seems yeah. fine. Um, everybody's answers are probably different. Do you have any thoughts on that? I think you just have to be like, one of the big things about money and marriage is like, you have to be aligned in goals. You have to be aligned in your thinking. So I don't think that you're going to get to a point to where you're like, you're, you, you know, you're with someone or you, you, you marry someone who's going to be spending a hundred dollars a day. On, they're going to understand like they're going to understand like okay cool i've got 100 bucks for the month or yeah. i've got 200 bucks for the month you know yeah. every time a paycheck gets deposited i can spend 50 or 100 bucks of it you know yeah, yeah it's just yeah. going to be aligned thinking that's so but true i'm sure some people's are 500 bucks or 1000 yeah, bucks no or doubt. whatever it is you know yeah i have um i have a a, a couple of friends in michigan I haven't talked to them in a while, actually, but and I hope they're doing well. Um, he's a he's a pilot for Delta. I think he pilots the 737, and his wife is a doctor of pharmacology at a university in Detroit. So I think they combined have like, you know, 
you know, what would be considered like above average income. They have a beautiful house that they just built and everything. And I remember him talking with me and he was like, yeah, my, my play money per month is a hundred bucks. And so is hers. And that's what, <laughs> that's money that we don't have to ask the other about like, Hey, is this okay? Whatever. Play money, hundred bucks a month. And I'm like, dang, that's like, so I respect that a ton, that yeah. discipline. Yeah. Um, Cause honestly though, you, you can always find things that you'll want to buy always, no matter what we're wired to want more. Right. It's like, we just have to have a mental shutoff valve in our brain of just like, Nope, I don't need that. I don't need that. That looks cool, but I don't need it. My test is like what I'm trying to discipline myself in is um, if I am still thinking about something like for two weeks, if I'm still thinking about something for two weeks, then I have to give it more serious consideration. Um, my bourbon budget per month is a hundred bucks. That's my play money, but that's only like two bottles, honestly, or even less than that. Right. Um, let's go into, uh, what's Drew been watching? So this hasn't been something I've been watching lately, <laughs> but it's a show that I remembered um, because this show is so unbelievably stupid because the host of this was a, an absolute clown who was trying to, con like, he was trying to come off as this ladies man, cool, suave, I'm going to teach you how to get girls guy. Do you know what I'm talking about? The pickup artist on VH1. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jordan, you got to pull up a picture of Mystery. That's his name. Yes, that's this guy's name, Mystery. And he is the ultimate pickup artist, apparently. <laughs> pickup means, of course, like getting girls to engage with you. This guy, he's that's the most normal picture I've ever seen of him. But if you look at him with these clown hats on, dude, <laughs> these fuzzy hats, he looks like a character who escaped out of a video game, was thrown into 2005 when the show aired, and then had to quickly like try to blend in with humans. He was like, all right, well, I guess I'll just go to Spencer Gifts and buy a bunch of these weird accessories like this hat and these necklaces and rings eyeliner nail polish this guy was a total clown but he was teaching and talking from this position of supreme confidence and like women just are constantly pining for this man <laughs> no kidding and i remember some some of my friends and i laugh about this still he had like these what were there were five criteria five things that women want in a man and i'm trying to remember off the top of my head one they want a man who he had this whole mantra it was like pre-selected by women leader of men willing to emote um protector of loved ones <laughs> what was the other one he had this whole philosophy down um oh protector of loved ones i'm gonna t i should have looked into this before but he has the f the five dhvs demonstrations of higher value of course um let's see <laughs> man i can't find it
Okay, here are the here are the things. Successful risk taker. Here are his five demonstrations of higher value. This is what he says. <laughs> this is what he says. Show that you have a higher value and that women should want to be with you when they see these traits in you. Pre-selection, which means women like you. Like by the time a woman sees you, she knows already that other women like you somehow. And I think you demonstrate that by apparently being like just being seen with women. <laughs> so silly. <laughs> Pre-selection, leader of men, protector of loved ones, willingness to emote, and successful risk taker. This guy is so, so funny. But he doesn't know it. <laughs> That's the funny part. Did you ever watch that show? No. Is it supposed to be like a, a funny it's thing? It's supposed to be serious. <clears throat> oh, wow. And okay. what would happen is in the show, The Pickup Artist, it was an elimination style show and... Every week he would teach these guys who are like kind of like nerdier guys and admit like they would even admit like never had any luck with getting women to like them or talk to them or always were ner they were always nervous and whatever made women uncomfortable. So they got onto the show and over the weeks mystery would show them how to become certified pickup artist <laughs> and every week that you know some a week performer or something would get eliminated and then there was just ultimately one at the end these guys were like absolute clowns so funny but he would be teaching them techniques like this and they were just anyway we used to watch this show in our buddy joel's basement and just be crying <laughs> we would like it when you get a chance. What network was it on? VH1. Okay. And that was around, yeah. I think you said that. It was around like 2005, 2008 or so. Um, if you guys get a chance, check that out on uh, VH1. And that is what I've been watching lately. Not lately though. I've been watching that <laughs> 10 to 15 years ago <laughs> and laughing. Um. I was taking a shower yesterday and I'd mentioned that I bought shampoo. I ran out of my shampoo yesterday, which is why I purchased some new ones today. But whenever I, if I don't remove the empty shampoo bottle or whatever from the shower immediately, I'll forget that it's in there and empty and whatever. So I'll throw it over the shower curtain and it sounds like a stun grenade when it lands. It's always so loud when you throw an empty shampoo bottle or a soap bottle or you know, like, yeah, I have like my facial moisturizer when I'm done with it and it's empty and I need it, need, a, it needs to be thrown out and B, I need the reminder that I need more. I throw it over there and it sounds like a grenade went off. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Do you yeah. ever do that? If someone was in the house, they would be scared. It scares me while it's in the air. I'm like, fire in the hole. <laughs> Hands over my ears. It's always jarring. That's just a sidebar. I wrote that down. <laughs> Shower, throw empty shampoo bottle was my note. Grenade. Grenade. <laughs> um, but did you hear that? Somebody throwing shampoo bottles? Hardly. Somebody throwing shampoo bottles out here? Um, Hardly thanks to these mics. So true. Oh, yeah. Speaking of these mics, this episode of the Stouting Off Podcast, episode 23, is brought to you by E2I Design. E2I Design is your one-stop shop for AVL solutions. They are a group of uh, consultants and AVL professionals that will help you get the stuff you need at a cost you like 
and on a time frame that works for you. So it doesn't matter if you're an individual or a business or a ministry or, yeah, church, hotel, restaurant, or an individual proprietor like me and Jordan on the Stouting Off podcast where you need pro gear. They will help you. And um, we love them. Like I've said before in weeks past, they outfitted my drum studio. They've outfitted my living room. They've outfitted my studio. They're helping everybody. They're helping our friend Jesse with Handcar Studios in Detroit, Michigan. Who else can you think of? Just, just a lot of people, I it's think. It's just so many people. So anyway, they kick Major A, and we love them. And they've sponsored this episode. So thank you, guys. Thanksgiving's coming up, Jordan. Yep. You're going to Michigan? Sure I am. Let's see. This Home is of the shutdown. Home um, of the shutdown. That's that's on their license plates now and like on their dollars. Pureshutdown.com. For those of you who don't know, Michigan's like like uh, slogan, their tagline to get visitors is Pure Michigan. You've probably seen that before. And they just recently announced like a two-week pretty hard shutdown. And so Jordan's saying that the new state slogan, Pure Shutdown. <laughs> that's great. Home of the shutdown. They changed their sports teams to that. Welcome. Please welcome to the field the Detroit <laughs> shutdowns. Uh, although if they were the football team, they wouldn't shut down anybody because the Lions stink and have for generations because there is a generational curse on that athletic organization. But you're going back to pure shutdown state for Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah. Ten days. And it's um, <laughs> Blakely's birthday too. So that's so cute. That, that is, uh, that's a, yeah, it's a big part of it. Yeah, I think I'm staying here for Thanksgiving. Um, what time do you guys eat Thanksgiving dinner? Just out of curiosity. Which side? <laughs> How about the your your family, the family you Growing were raised up, in? Yeah, yeah. Like one p.m., but still call it dinner. That's my family as well, and that makes me incredibly mad. A, don't call it <laughs> dinner. <laughs> I picked up to have a sip, but I just got heated. Don't call it dinner if it's at one. That's an old school thing too. Families after church would be like, all right, Sunday supper, whatever, at 2 p.m., 3 p.m. Yeah. Supper. That's nothing. That's late lunch. Don't call it dinner if it's at 1 p.m. And also, <laughs> what do you got for me? <laughs> Don't call it dinner if it's at 1 p.m. I don't know boo. which one. <laughs> okay, give me a boo. Sure. Yeah, yeah. This is we're me. We're still getting used to it. So. Yeah, we're still getting used. <laughs> I thought it was going to be. I thought you were throwing out another. Don't do that. No, man. there will only be one. Don't do that per episode. DDT. I think so. <laughs> unless there's, unless it really calls for one. And when I, it, I when I think about it, if there ever was a situation, it would have been that just now because I literally said, "Don't do that." <laughs> but no, that was total boo. Thanksgiving dinner. Don't have it at one p.m. Have it in the evening. Yeah. Evening time. We like evening time. <laughs> we like evening time dinner. But when we have dinner at for, on Thanksgiving at 1 p.m., the Lions game is on, all these distractions. And then, all by the way, I don't even have that big of an appetite by then. And then also, I'm hungrier later in the day. Now, some people will say, well, then you get leftovers out and stuff like this. I would rather just have a crescendo of food activities leading up to a grand feast in the evening. 
what I mean by that. Little appetizers throughout the day, like Monica was talking about with her family. Just appetizers throughout the day and little treats, snacks, a light lunch, hanging out, and then dinner. It crescendos with the grand feast at, at actual dinner time. Yeah. So you guys growing up had it at 1 p.m. Yeah. And so do they, do the McMillions still do that? Yeah, we still do that because we're, we're on a timetable now, though. Yeah. Because we, so we wake up and have breakfast on Thanksgiving morning. We go to my parents and we eat at one or two, realistically two. Mm-hmm. And then we stay there. We eat Thanksgiving dinner, quote unquote dinner mm-hmm. at two. And then about three to four hours later, we go eat Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> at six or seven. Do you have to go light on breakfast and lunch? Yeah, but like don't want to be disrespectful to my mom. Yeah. For putting together a great dinner. Yeah. So I'm trying to eat twice that yeah, day. Yeah. You know, it, it, world eating champions, people who have been crowned like champions of eating on a national or global level, they say to to be able to eat a lot instead of starving yourself for a period of time have have food you know for sure you got Maybe you not have, have to yeah have food yeah. have food if you don't eat all day and then eat one meal your eyes are so big and then yeah like 10 bites in i'm stuffed yeah like, i'm like i can't eat anymore that's so true are you ever eating this is aside from thanksgiving but do you ever find yourself eating something yummy and then but thinking about something else like i'd really like to have this too (laughs) or like man i can't wait for my next meal this is so good (laughs) and i'm getting full but i can't wait for my next meal no no i've done that like uh, that's just an extremely fat person like me thing to do (laughs) no like on on saturdays or something when i'm excited about what the day holds like we'll eat breakfast and I'll be like, Monica, what do you want to do for lunch? She's like, we just ate breakfast. Shut up. Yeah. But you're like, but I'm like, I'm thinking about, I want to, I want to get excited for it. Yeah. Plans revolve around eating. Who was the comedian that had a whole bit on that traveling and eating Jim Gaffigan, (laughs) Jim Gaffigan vacation is just eating in places you haven't been before. (laughs) 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 That's so good. It's true. Well, we should probably get something to eat, and then after that, we should eat something. And I'm thinking after that, we should probably get something to eat. (laughs) (laughs) On our way to dinner, we can stop by that one place and get that that something to eat. That's like people getting coffee on the way to coffee. That's a thing that I've seen. Have you ever seen that? People going to meet up for coffee with friends, but they stop and grab a coffee on the way there. (laughs) Our friend Jesse does that. Our friend Ryan was in Japan, actually, second Japan mention, with Jesse. Um, They were on tour a few years ago, and they were walking to a coffee shop, and they had to stop at a Starbucks on the way to get coffee so that Jesse could have coffee. Jesse loves coffee so much that we literally, when we're out on tour, we call, when we talk about stopping for coffee, we say, you guys want to grab a quick Jesse? (laughs) (laughs) We'll be like, what do you guys think? Round of Jesse's? That's just coffee. <laughs> um, along the lines of Thanksgiving, it's funny when you ask somebody to pray for the food who you can tell doesn't pray or maybe has never prayed. A few years ago at a Stoutenburg Thanksgiving, they asked my uncle, for some reason, they asked my uncle Steve to pray. 
And this is not a man who, say, walks with the Lord. <laughs> and they're like, why doesn't Steve pray for the food? And here was the prayer. Well, uh, dear God, uh, thanks for the food. Uh, it's a wonderful meal. Long pause. Well, what else is there to say? Let's party. <laughs> and then everybody's like, amen. <laughs> well, it's a, good, it's a good meal. And um, crickets start chirping. Well, what is there to say? Let's party. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> people getting slain in the spirit, just so ministered to, started baptizing people right on the spot. No, he didn't. Um <laughs> No, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm staying local. Um, I don't actually have Thanksgiving plans. I was honestly thinking about um, making some food and sharing a meal with my neighbor, Rick. (laughs) He doesn't have anybody. That'd be nice. He doesn't have anybody. Yeah, it'd be nice of you. I don't have anybody. (laughs) Yeah, I do. But I just don't want to go back to Michigan because I'm going back in December. And I'm still new here to the point where I don't have like, uh, I don't know, I don't have like a friend community that's like family aside from you guys. And like Lauren, but she's going back up too. Yeah. Um, but anyway, <laughs> to end the podcast on a happy note, I'm alone on a holiday. No, I'm not. You're choosing to be alone. I'm choosing a, to. I have options. Yeah, but you have options. Thank you, George. He, he, this guy always gives me perspective. Podcast or not, he's always just weighing in like, hey, man, don't get too carried away. All right. In your pity parties. <laughs> That's so good. You need a friend like that. Um. Oh, man. There is a psalm that says, and I want to read this. This is what this reminded me of, dude. This is what this reminded me of. Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A good friend loves his friend at all times. And it's saying like, and a brother is born. It's saying like they're a friend is a brother kind of, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. A friend loves you at all times and they are born and they are in your life for when you go through trouble. How good is that? It's good. Do you feel like that about me? Yeah. Man, we've been through some, some stuff together. Highs and lows. Highs and lows, man. Hills and valleys. That's life, man. Man, I was just having a, a a little Instagram chat with with somebody who listened through Face Forward, um, which is an episode a few back that a lot of people gave me some some just like positive feedback on. You know, they were encouraged by that. But this has been a crazy year, and it's probably going to get crazier, honestly. But just hang in there. Good times are coming, and I truly believe, like I've said before, your best days are ahead of you. Find the people that love you. Find the brother that is born for a time of adversity. Find a friend who loves at all times and just cling to those people. Um, man, that's the most tan that's one of the most tangible ways we can just hunker down and get through like times of trouble like this, you know? Yeah, dude. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with the election and everything. But you know what? No matter what, God is in control and there's a plan for your life. So hang in there. Stick with it. Stay in your lane. Run your race with the wind to your back. Face forward. All right. And that's all we've got for today on episode 23 of the Stouting Off podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Bye bye. Thanksgiving is in one week.
拜拜。